0: Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, presented by Business West and Living Local, and brought to you by Munson Savings Bank. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and here is your host for this episode of Business Talk. He's the editor and associate publisher of Business West. Here's George O'Brien.
1: Okay, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Business Talk. Uh, We have a terrific show for you today. Uh, Before we get to it, let's hear a message from this uh, week's sponsor, Munson Savings Bank. Munson Savings Bank is your bank for business. Businesses of all sizes trust in Munson Savings for their lending and banking needs because they listen to their customers, provide great service, plus all business lending decisions are made local and fast. Whether you need a business loan, deposit products, or help with cash management services, Munson Savings Bank has the business lending capability and know-how to help your business thrive. Visit us online at munsonsavings.bank or contact our commercial team today. Munson Savings Bank. Your Bank for Business, member FDIC, member DIF. Okay, we are back on Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. My guest today is Dr. Robert Ruse. He's the Chief Medical Officer at Mercy Medical Center. How are you this morning, doctor? I'm doing very well, George, and thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure to have you on. Uh, the timing could not be better. i uh, interesting times going on with COVID-19 and the Delta variant. Uh, There are a lot of questions on the minds of of people in this area and and business owners. And uh, we wanted to have you on today to kind of uh, talk about this. Uh, We want to talk about what we see now. And I think uh, we're going to try to do uh, something that's going to be very difficult and that's kind of project into the fall uh, and kind of let people know what's going to happen with this. But uh, this, uh, Delta variant and and the pandemic itself has a mind of its own. So um, I don't know how well we can predict into the future. But uh, tell me what we're seeing right now in area hospitals in terms of cases, hospitalizations, uh, how severe they are. uh, What are we seeing as opposed to what we were seeing earlier in the summer and the spring? Well, let me tell you,
0: George, I think you're absolutely right. This has been a pandemic that has constantly shifted. And just when uh, we may think that we are, you know, approaching a period of, of sustained, you know, I wouldn't say remission, but tamping down infections and hospitalizations, there seems to be, you know, a resurgence around another corner. So it, it has presented many challenges and it can, be, uh, it can be difficult to try to predict too far in advance, not quite knowing you know, the different winds that can come about uh, with this virus and also with the strategies that we have to prevent it. Certainly in area hospitals here in Western Massachusetts, we have seen an increase uh, in cases, uh, both in terms of patients that have been testing positive for the coronavirus, that is definitely driven by the Delta variant, uh, and that has actually uh, been a pretty significant increase And we've also seen then the corresponding increases in hospitalized cases. You know, when we look back about, you know, three months ago at Mercy Medical Center, for example, you know, we were in the very low single digits in terms of hospital cases, you know, zero, one, two. And over the last uh, two months, really, we've seen that go now back up into the high single digits or even low double digits. And I know areas around uh, hospitals around us in this area have seen a similar increase. It's been about a four-fold increase from where we were a few months ago. And so there's definitely virus circulating, and it's, it's causing severe infection still amongst, amongst many people, uh, particularly, as you know, those that are unvaccinated.
1: What is the, the data telling you? It, it, the numbers are, I'm assuming, higher in areas where there are lower levels of vaccination. Is it as it simple as that? There is a clear correlation. Yeah. It's uh, if we looked at a map across the country
0: uh, and that would pair, you know, bear itself out in virtually county by county, although maybe not precisely that, that degree, but, but largely on a, on a sort of an aggregate level, it, it rings true. Areas with lower rates of full vaccination amongst the community members have had much higher rates of infections and hospitalizations and then the converse also true. You know, Here in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, which has been one of the states that has had the highest rates of vaccination, we have been relatively buffered from this most recent surge driven by the Delta variant. Uh, we are in a much better place here than many, many states across the country.
1: But Hampden County has a much lower rate of vaccination, not much lower, but a lower rate of vaccination than other counties in Massachusetts and and even some other parts of the country. What are we seeing here specifically in Hamden County? Yeah, you're right.
0: And that's where these trends, they can get down to the local level, certainly. Uh, Communities that have had not quite as high vaccination rates are seeing higher uh, test positivity rates. Um, And, you know, we're seeing increases in hospitalizations here. I, I think that is very much related Uh, Hamden County, uh, one of the counties in Massachusetts with a lower vaccination rate compared to some others. And we're seeing the effects of that here uh, in the hospitals, Uh, in Holyoke, here at Mercy, at Bay State. uh, Certainly, uh, we've seen increases in hospital cases and test positivity, which is, you know, for us, it's a call to action uh, to continue to get out and and be innovative in outreach to the community regarding the benefits of vaccination. And uh, there's been a lot of work that's gone into that. And I think there's still there's still more to be done.
1: Interesting. It's hard to keep up with all the news that's coming out of this, but from what I'm understanding, uh, they're saying that uh, this variant is actually peaking in many areas of the country where it was surging. Uh, Places like uh, Florida and some of the other states, maybe Texas as well. Uh, Is that true? And and what is contributing to that, I don't want to call it early peaking, but it it would seem as though that that's... uh, a pretty quick ascent and then then a peak and then a move back down again.
0: Yeah. You know, I think to me, I I would even take one step back uh, first. And it's striking uh, that we're now 18, 20 months into a pandemic. And there were at least seven states, if not more, that were seeing the highest rates of infection and the highest numbers of hospitalized cases now. Than at any point in the pandemic before, despite having access to enhanced treatments that would include treatments like monoclonal antibody therapies that could help protect against hospitalizations for those that were at risk That includes, you know, treatments like remdesivir and steroids and other meds that could help those that are the most critically ill and prevent uh, death in those patients. And it includes, as we all know and have been talking about for 8, 9, 10 months, you know, three authorized vaccines, now one of those fully FDA approved, that are highly effective against prevention of infection, but also prevention of hospitalizations. It is striking and, and actually damning to some degree that, you know, at this point in the pandemic, we were still seeing many areas of the country with the highest rates than they've ever had in the last 20 months. I mean, it it speaks to the severity uh, and the transmissibility of the Delta variant, but it also speaks to the fact that, you know, these public health strategies and these treatment therapies that we've had available to us, you know, they weren't uh, accepted and there wasn't as high of an uptake in many areas of the country. And that's been, uh, and that's that's an unfortunate public health reality at this point. To assess uh, now whether or not those rates have truly peaked, or if there's still a potential that they could climb, is really uh, determined upon the local environment and you know, how well people in that community now are deploying strategies uh, to, to prevent illness. And that could be everything as simple as the day-to-day habits that we, many of us have become part of our routine, like masking, uh, washing our hands you know, in many situations, uh, keeping distance from others, not gathering; it's frequently with large groups of people that we don't know, and you know, I uh, and and vaccination, of course, and certainly because this latest surge has now uh, been going on for over a month, going into two months. You know, many of those areas, uh, I I know there's been changes in individual behavior and also uptake of things like vaccination that can start to have an impact pretty quickly. So. It's possible that some of those rates are are peaking. We may see them start to plateau and come back down. That would be a very good thing., uh, but without deploying of you know those strategies, you know this virus will continue to infect anyone who's vulnerable uh, to 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 infection and is not protected.
1: Okay, this is Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West Magazine. Uh, We're talking with Dr. Robert Ruse. Uh, He's the chief medical officer at Mercy Medical Center. We're talking, of course, about the Delta variant, what we've seen and what we could possibly see. Uh, Dr. Ruse, uh, businesses uh, at this time, most of them were planning to reopen if they hadn't already reopened. uh, And they're looking for guidance as to maybe what they should be doing in terms of masks and uh, vaccination mandates. Uh, What's your best advice to small and large businesses in this region as we come up to the fall? You know, when we look at this uh, pandemic, it's had an impact
0: on, on everything in our society. Uh, and, and one that's been, you know, catastrophic in some cases, you know, from health to business, to, to social, to educational. And, you know, there's no uh, doubt in my mind that we need to do everything we can do to support businesses, uh, to support schools, uh, to support our hospitals, and to support community members uh, with, you know, a full engagement, uh, a reopening, and uh, and being able to, you know, thrive. And the pandemic, you know, has clearly changed, you know, our notions of how that can happen. And that, uh, to me, is is relevant. Um, And it's okay if we do things a little bit differently, but the focus remains on creating vibrant and thriving communities and businesses, so I would encourage small and large businesses um, to, to think about the ways um, that they can you know, be open uh, for their patrons, for our community, provide those services, um, but also to, to keep in mind that doing it in a safe and perhaps in sometimes different ways uh, can be just as, uh, just as important you know, and just as perhaps you know, beneficial uh, to them and to those that they're serving. You know, at a at a decision level, you know, we really need to look at you know where we are in the pandemic, uh, in terms of if you know we would consider mandating things like masks uh, or vaccination. You know, I think it's appropriate for uh, individual businesses to think about those things and how uh, they can do their part to keep people safe and to send positive messages uh, to the community while remaining open. You know, the individual decision about uh, requiring vaccination is one that each you know, business owner will have to make, and certainly in healthcare, you know it was a unanimous decision amongst the hospitals and healthcare organizations in Massachusetts uh, that requiring vaccination amongst its employees was an important uh, and critical uh, move to ensure patient safety, colleague safety, and send a message to the community that you know, this is how we are going to emerge through this and be stronger as a result of it. And I think business owners can you know should look at it perhaps through that same lens and, and consider you know similar actions. Uh, for those of, for, you know and along with that, I think masking is something that in in an environment where there are frequent infections um, it is it is one of the relatively easier deployed tools to help keep people safe and would recommend uh, for for community members you know masking, um, in areas that are indoors, as well as those that are outdoors with large numbers of people uh, that could be gathering, such as significant events. Uh, that will help us keep our rates down, and that will ultimately help the community thrive and continue to reopen and mm-hmm. put put most of this pandemic to the extent that we can behind us.
1: Okay, thank you. Uh, the, the prevailing sentiment I'm hearing for a lot of people is that, you know, they just want to move on. They want to get back to where they were they want to get back to normal i'm one of those people that, that caught myself uh without a mask a, a few months ago I, I just i had put them all away. i think people had they just okay we're done wearing masks now and then uh, I, I had many in my car and in, in every suit jacket pocket i had i had masked, and, and then i found myself looking for them uh, what do you say to those people who just want to put this pandemic behind them and move on and Get back to normal. I think we've all been a little premature yeah. in declaring victory against this thing, but uh, yeah, there is certainly pandemic fatigue out there.
0: Oh, there, there absolutely is. And and to those people, I would say, I I don't know if I've met anybody who doesn't have, you know, some of that sense of pandemic fatigue. You know, certainly myself included. We we all want to be through this. This has uh, been something that that carries very few silver linings. Uh, you know, the idea that you know, we would mask, um, and you know, think about the numbers of people when we gather, and you know, the distance that we keep from the people that that we love or those that we interact with regularly. Those are you know uncomfortable and, and unfortunate uh, you know byproducts of you know trying to keep people safe. Uh, and at the end of the day, I th- we all want to get through that. So I share a high degree of of sympathy. And empathy for that uh, sentiment. Um, I just call upon people, you know, to think about um, the reasons why we do the things that we do and how the how those behaviors can impact others. And in some cases, you know, these may be things that we consider for much longer uh, than just the next couple of months. You know, I myself, you know, I lived in New York City for eight years and uh, I rode the subway and in buses on a regular basis. I, I didn't have a car. I was constantly interacting with, with countless thousands of people. You, you don't know, you know, breathing the same air, touching the same railings uh, and doing things without even a, a second thought most of the time. You know, it's hard for me to think about going back to a world where you know all of those things will be done the way that we did them before. You know, we may approach the world a little bit differently uh, in terms of how we're all connected uh, how the how the, how the economy across the world is connected, and how each of us can have an impact on someone else at something so basic as as health and safety. So you know, I think for those, so I think from that perspective, you know, I encourage people to just you know take an opportunity to to think about how from that from their own perspective, you know, this pandemic may cha- shape their future behavior and and try to try to build that resiliency and take some of the and realize some of those strengths so that this collective, you know, trauma that we've all been through and that we're tired of and fatigued from becomes an area where we can hopefully find some strength in the future.
1: Okay. So now the question I'm, I'm pretty sure you can't answer, but I'll, I'll ask it anyway. What <laughs> What are we thinking about when we think about this fall, um, just the rest of the year? Is there any way to project what this fall and maybe, uh, you know, early in the winter are going to look like? And, and if not, what are the factors that are going to determine? No one wants to go back to where we were last year with uh, you no. know, Thanksgiving spent uh, away from family and then the holidays yeah. spent away from family and uh, just not being able to do the things that we want to do. No one wants to go back to that. And then, yeah. I'm not saying we're going to, but is there any way to project what the coming months will be like here?
0: So uh, it's very hard to, to put out the crystal ball. Uh, I do think that there are many factors at play, and, and to me, perhaps the most important factors, and that, that I think also have me uh, somewhat, um, you know, I try to be optimistic uh, as well. I, I really try to see the possibilities of how we get through this quicker. The, the thing that's going to drive this most significantly, particularly in New England, is going to continue to be vaccination rates. Uh, And we are looking now at a potential uh, next phase of the vaccination campaign to include booster vaccines and an expansion of existing efforts to to vaccinate individuals who have not yet received any or have been partially vaccinated. You know, the circumstances that will help us uh, predict or what will determine you know, how the pandemic will look at, around Thanksgiving really are, you know, a factor of, you know, how virulent the current strain of the virus will be, you know, to what degree is the population protected, either through vaccination or through a history of natural infection, and what are the behaviors that people take that would either increase or decrease the risk of, of, of transmission or the, of the infection continuing to spread, you know, I think here we we have a very good rate of vaccination, and I and I am encouraged and hope that that will just continue to go up over the next uh, two months. You know, if the Delta variant continues to be the predominant variant, which it seems, you know, then we should have good protection at least against the severest illnesses uh, with vaccination. What I don't know, and I don't think there's a good assessment at this point in time, is how many people may have protection also from natural infection, and then also an assessment of how people are engaging in their day-to-day life uh, that would increase or decrease their risk. So my expectations for the fall, you know, as we know that school is going back into session, as there are some large events that are, are scheduled, you know, as people gather more indoors, as the weather uh, perhaps gets colder... You know, my prediction is that there will be increases in infections uh, and there will be increases in hospitalizations. Uh, but if we can push and escalate, you know, vaccinations uh, over the next several months as we have, and then also expanding to boosters and we encourage and people continue to take some precautions like masking in areas at higher risk, and we will not see those rates go up uh, to prior levels. And we, we will be gathering with the people that we that we know and love at Thanksgiving, uh, and so I—that's kind of how I see the next few months playing out. But this could take a turn at, at any moment, based on some factors um, that you know that could swing.
1: All right. Well, Doctor, thank you very, very much for your time. We really appreciate it. Uh, insightful as always, and uh, we'll have to have you back on in a few months to kind of review what we've been through and and, and take another look ahead at, at where we're going to be with this pandemic. So, again, thank you very much for your time. We appreciate it.
0: My pleasure, George, and thank you for what you do.
1: Okay. Thank you, all of you, for listening. This has been another episode of Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local and sponsored this month by Munson Savings Bank. Thank you again, and we'll see you next time.